0: facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The K.L. Clark Show on Relevant Radio.
1: It is Wednesday, May the 24th, 2023. It's a momentous day in the world. Lots of stuff happening, as there always is. We'll talk about it all. Wish I had more time. We're going to pack as much as we can into this program. So you're going to want to grab your spot in line right now. You can call me at 888 888- 914-9149. You can also email the program, Kale, C-A-L-E, at, at relevantradio.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. So much to talk about. I I just heard before the show, my, my wife Trish just told me that Tina Turner passed away. Producer Jim, did you know that? She was 82 I years old. didn't hear that earlier wow wow and uh people have been asking was she catholic she was not she she grew up a baptist but she actually started practicing buddhism in the early 70s but uh we'll pray for the repose of her soul
0: what's love got to do got to do with it
1: oh i don't know if that was a fitting tribute or not but uh i'll tell you what uh, there's no love maybe for my singing and there's no love for a lot of political candidates that are that are in the mix. And speaking of Twitter, and again, you might have seen this uh, as I posted um, this promotion for the show on Twitter. My Twitter account at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. Always makes me nervous when producer Jim doesn't laugh at my karaoke um i'm like oh man that was a really bad move and maybe it was really so too
2: <laughs> it was pretty good you know she got her start in st louis actually oh, She really? moved there when wow. she was 16 years old i just read that today i should have known it but
1: uh yeah you you are uh just a treasure trove of all things st louis you told me today that the original name of the st louis cardinals was the st louis perfectos i'm glad they changed the name <laughs> me too me too well we'll try to have uh, some perfecto phone calls from our listeners um Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Speaking of Twitter, speaking of Twitter, Ron DeSantis and Elon Musk have now entered the chat. That's right. In fact, as we speak, no, please, please do not touch that dial. Do If you're on the relevant radio app, don't switch over to Twitter right now. You can always do that later. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is officially entering the 2024 presidential race in a conversation with Elon Musk on Twitter. He chose to announce this on Twitter, it's actually happening right now. Uh, but again, you can always catch the replay later. You stick with the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888 9149 I'm going to share the real reason Ron DeSantis announced this on Twitter. I'm very fascinated by this, but it, I've got a question for you guys. As a Catholic voter, does this change your calculation in any way, shape, or form? 888 888- 914 9149. For example, if you're, if you are already convinced that you're voting Republican, and we will never, never tell you, we are, we are politically neutral here at relevant radio, of course, but we do operate by Catholic principles. If you're, if you're voting Republican or thinking about doing so, maybe you didn't before, but you're thinking about it this time, would this change your calculation now that DeSantis is in the race? Would you vote for him? Would you vote for Trump? Would you vote for someone else? I mean, we'll see who gets the nomination. But people like Mike Pence, Senator Tim Scott are, are now in the race. Would you, would you maybe go for one of, the, one of these people? Nikki Haley. Which candidate would your Catholic faith encourage you or prevent you from choosing? Now, as you know, as you know, by the way, I'm not much of a political animal. And Producer Jim, I think I deserve a presidential medal of some sort. I don't know if they'll actually give me one because I'm Canadian. But I feel like I deserve some sort of an award. Uh, maybe free drumsticks for life at King Edward's Chicken in St. Louis. Hey, um, I, I'm not going to enter the presidential <laughs> election. <laughs> but if I was president, I would award you a medal. Well, oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And Well, how, how about this? How about a free phone from Charity Mobile, an actual sponsor, the sponsor of The Cale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. If you go to charitymobile.com and sign up, they'll send you a free phone. I don't even have one yet, but who knows? I, I might get one, but you can get one by going to charitymobile.com and 5% of your plan will go to support Relevant Radio or another pro-life charity of your choice. So very, very worthy. Great sponsor, Charity Mobile. Check them out. So why do I deserve these, these perks, whether it be a presidential medal or free chicken or a free phone? Because all throughout 2020, I never, I never on my shows talked about COVID and I never talked about the Trump-Biden election. Can you can you believe that? I, I just I I just didn't want to do it. I, I I wanted to give people a break from all that stuff. And you guys deserve a break, because you heard about it 24-7, 365 And so I never talked about it. I never talked about the Trump Biden election. Or as Michaela called it, my daughter Michaela, who was four years old at the time, so give her a break. When, whenever I asked her who's the president of the United States, she said, Trump Biden. Like it was one guy, Trump Biden. I said, No, these are they're actually two different guys. Um <laughs> some people I talk to say it doesn't matter they're all the same they all hate us they all hate the common peer person they're all elites I don't know <laughs> I never talked about it I, I never talked about it I I don't talk too much about politics but that doesn't mean that from time to time I do from time to time I do and maybe I should because you know what the great GKc said and, and no not AOC but GKc and who's GKc that's Gilbert Keith Chesterton the great Chesterton the great convert to Catholicism, uh, to the Catholic Church. And he said the two things that people never want to talk about at parties are really the two most important subjects. What are they? Of course, politics and religion. And my mother always taught me that. Never talk about politics and religion in a public place. People get too amped up. Well, Chesterton said these are the two most important subjects. We should be talking about them. Why? Because religion is all about love of God. And politics is all about loving neighbor the great commandment love god with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and, and in a, really it should be politics is really religion applied this is how we love our our, our neighbor in, in practice and i know we don't live in a theocratic state or anything like that there is this separation of church and state of course in the united states not something that was a big deal in the ancient world. The, the ancient people didn't have that fetish. They always mixed politics and religion. Not saying that was necessarily a good thing, but but we'll talk about it a little bit today. As a Canadian, by the way, I can't I cannot vote uh, for who I want to be the American president. Trust me. We've got a lot of our own problems up here in America's hat. But you, I think you guys need to educate me on which candidate might be best, now that there's maybe some options to choose from here, from a Catholic Perspective, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a little bit later, time permitting. Uh, Ross Douthat, uh in the New York Times had this little piece about Christians and voting, and, and what happened in the last election, and, and how things got splintered. It's really a fascinating piece. But, but what I want to talk about right now, as you're calling in triple eight nine one four nine one four nine eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine, is why exactly? I, I think this is from a broadcasting perspective from a media perspective as a member of the media here, why Ron DeSantis is announcing his run on Twitter. He didn't go to a mainstream media outlet to, to make his announcement. I think that's on purpose. I think it's really fascinating why he might've done this. I have an idea about this, but first let me tell you exactly what is happening. Before I say why he, I think he's doing it. Let me tell you exactly what is happening today. Well, uh, Here's how the New York Times put it, and, and they're they're not they're not exactly necessarily fans of Elon Musk or Ron DeSantis. A, a team of, of journalists, Shane Goldmacher, Maggie Haberman, Ryan Mack, uh, Nicholas Hamas. They, they wrote they kind of collaborated on, on this piece about how Ron DeSantis, Florida Governor, is going to announce, maybe he already has uh, at this moment during this hour, a 2024 run for president. He's going to do it on Twitter with. Elon Musk, and they—I they, mean—they call—they call, of course. The New York Times calls Elon Musk polarizing, and, and maybe to, to a lot of people he is. But, and I, I don't—I really, don't think it's really any surprise to to anybody that DeSantis is going to run. This is probably the worst kept secret in, in the United States. But the decision to do it this way, the decision to do it with Elon Musk—that—that that does add a twist, doesn't it? And it's going to give him access to, to a much bigger audience than, than you might think. And so this is happening on what's called Twitter Spaces, which is uh, a live listening uh, experience, if you will, on Twitter. And, and a lot of people think, well, he's doing this to align himself with Elon Musk, who obviously has gone back and forth with some others. Jeff Bezos, the world's richest man. Sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't. Depends how much Tesla stock is worth. That sort of thing. But obviously, the, I, I, think, I think there's something to do. I think this has a lot to do with, with Donald Trump, obviously. Because Donald Trump, who used to tweet a lot, very uh, ambitiously, very uh, uh, prolifically, if you will, uh, was banned from Twitter very famously some time ago. But now that Elon Musk is in charge of Twitter, is the CEO of Twitter, he has lifted the ban on Trump. But Trump so far has never come back to Twitter. Not yet. Not yet. He's been sort of on his own social platform, Truth Social, dropping dropping what he would call truth bombs on Truth Social, but he, he hasn't come back to Twitter yet. And everyone's wondering, is he going to? Will he do it? He might even do it tonight. He might even try to crash the party, if you will, for DeSantis and do it while DeSantis is making his announcement. Who knows? But I'm sure there'll be a lot of back and forth between those two. That'll be interesting. But uh, what, the New York Times says, quote, one challenge For Mr. DeSantis, as he enters the 2024 race, will be competing for attention with Mr. Trump, who for decades has shown a knack for commandeering the limelight. Mr. Trump's aides have signaled for months that he plans to return to Twitter sooner rather than later. And Like I said, it might be really sooner. Mr. Musk has already lifted the ban on the former president that was imposed when Twitter was a public company. In addition to this Twitter event, Mr. DeSantis is expected to appear later on Wednesday evening on Fox News, in an interview with Trey Gowdy, who is a former South Carolina congressman. The governor has also gathered donors on Wednesday at the Four Seasons in Miami to begin raising money for his campaign. All right, so here's what, um, there's a super PAC that is backing uh, Trump for president in 2024. It was mocking this idea of Ron DeSantis to go on Twitter to make this announcement. And they said this, quote, one of the most out-of-touch campaign launches in modern history. This is the uh, Make America Great Again uh, super PAC. The only thing less relatable, they say, than a niche campaign launch, launch on Twitter is DeSantis' after-party at the Uber Elite Four Seasons Resort in Miami. <laughs> End of quote. Okay, that, it's not like Donald Trump never hung out with Uber Elite people. Come on. Anyways. Um, and I think, I think, by the way, that, that Elon Musk... Uh, some people are saying he's, he's, he's only going to support... Uh, Republican candidates. He's only going to use Twitter to to give them space. I don't think that's true. I think he's a pretty fair-minded guy. I think he's a pretty open-minded guy, and I think he believes big time in democracy. And I think he's already said I'm going to give anybody a platform if they want to come on. If Democratic candidates want to come on, they can come on too. And he already said, by the way, on Tuesday uh, at an event that he did uh, with the Wall Street Journal, Elon Musk said uh, he said I'm not formally throwing my support behind DeSantis here. Or any other Republican, he might later. Who knows? But, but he also uh, he retweeted a video uh, for Senator Tim Scott kicking off his campaign uh, for the Republican nomination. And but I but it's interesting what he said though. Um, Elon Musk in the past on Twitter last year, th- this is what he said. This is what this is what this is what Musk predicted last year, and this was on July the eleventh of twenty twenty two. And he was he was sort of asked a question by somebody. What if um, uh, Trump runs again, wins the presidency again in 2024? Elon Musk said Trump would be 82 at the end of his term, which is too old to be the chief executive of anything, let alone the United States of America. If DeSantis runs against Biden in 2024, then DeSantis will easily win. He doesn't even need to campaign, end of quote. So that's what Musk said last year. And he's, he's obviously gone on record as saying that he thought that Biden is too old to be president. He thinks if Trump were to win, he would be too old to be president by the end of his term in 2028. So he said, remember last year, he thought DeSantis would win easily if he ever chose to run, which is which is maybe why DeSantis chose to make this announcement today on Twitter. And so I, I'm going to, again, I have some some idea about why he's doing this. So the moderator of this event with, I guess it's going to be a conversation, an extended conversation between Elon Musk And Ron DeSantis, it's going to be moderated by a guy named David Sachs, who is a technology entrepreneur. He's an investor and he donated, he, he has supported Ron DeSantis politically in, 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 in his state political, um, uh, campaigns. He's donated $50,000 before he was reelected last time. And he he really, this guy, David Sachs has spoken on Twitter and other places about how he thought DeSantis handled the pandemic very well in Florida. And made some some interesting calls. So who's running right now that we know of for the Republican nomination? Obviously, DeSantis throwing his hat in the ring. On the Democratic side, it's going to be Biden. He's going to be, I can't see anybody really, he's a sitting president. I can't see anybody really resting the nomination away from him, even though a lot of Democrats don't want him to run again. Donald Trump, obviously he's going to do it. Uh, Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, and UN ambassador, by the way, under the Trump administration, She has called herself, quote, part of a new generation of leadership. And she's a daughter of immigrants uh, from India. And she is kind of, according to the New York Times, has been in and out of favor with Republicans because does she support Trump? Does she not? There's been, and this is interesting. It's Tim Scott, as I mentioned earlier, South Carolina senator, the first black Republican elected to the Senate from the South since Reconstruction. Uh, I fr- almost forgot about this guy, but I did. I did see this uh, on a Sunday morning political show. Uh, like I said, I'm not really a political guy, but I do. En- I do enjoy watching Sunday morning political shows. Uh, Asa Huss- Hutchinson, the former governor of Arkansas. He's he's. He, he, does he have a chance? I don't know. But he's one of one of the the group of Republicans. There there's there is a small group of Republicans who have been critical openly in public uh, about Donald Trump. So he he denounced. Uh, Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. And he thinks Trump should actually drop out because of his legal troubles and, and all kinds of uh, other things. There's other guys, too, running. Vivek Ramaswamy, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I have seen this guy on Twitter. Uh, young guy, interesting ideas as well. Uh, There's a guy named Larry Elder. I don't know anything about him. Uh, on the Democratic side, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, is launching a campaign. Uh, a lot of people think he, he's not going to be a factor. At, at any rate, those are your choices at this point. So I don't know whether whether DeSantis' um, entry into the race changes your calculation as a Catholic voter. Um, like I said, educate me on this. I, I, I would love to hear your perspective, why you think it's happening. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. So we'll get your calls in just a second. And when we come back also, I'm going to tell you why I think, why I think Ron DeSantis is making this announcement on Twitter. It's fascinating. At least I hope so. We'll be right back. Triple eight, nine one four, nine one four nine.
0: Faith, facts, and fun. It's the Cale Clark Show on Relevant Radio.
1: Welcome back. 888-914-9149 is a toll-free line to call. Maybe I'm crazy for talking about this, Hootie. I'm talking about not the Dolphins, but another guy from Florida. I'm talking about not Dan Marino. I'm talking about Governor Ron DeSantis, who, of course, is announcing as we speak. And of course, you're not. Why would you be listening to that? You're, you're listening to the Kale Clark Show, 888 9149 And why is he doing this? Well, we told you exactly what was happening before the break, but why is Ron DeSantis announcing Governor DeSantis has run for the presidency, run for the White House on Twitter? Why is he not going, calling a press conference for mainstream media? Well, I think that is calculated. I think it's also really smart. Uh, it, there's a guy on, on Twitter, his name is Stephen Mark Ryan. He's kind of an investor. He, he is heavily invested in talking about Tesla and stock price and everything like that. Uh, which obviously has a lot to do with Elon Musk. But he, here's what he said on Twitter about why he thought Ron DeSantis was announcing his presidential run on Twitter. And he said, this is going to change the game. I think it's an interesting take. He says, quote, the legacy media, and that would be newspapers, that would be traditional media like television, the networks, um, even radio, you could say, is traditional media. But there is a bit of a difference with radio, and, and I'm going to get into that a little bit, too. Father Rocky, who is brilliant, uh, had, had an amazing take on this, which really, uh, I have to share this with you, too, time, time permitting. But let me get, get back to this for a second. Why is, why is DeSantis um, making this presidential announcement on Twitter? Well, Stephen Mark Ryan says the, the legacy media is captive to its advertisers. The legacy media hates you, hates humanity, hates free speech, lives to push false narratives, manipulate you, and tell you what to think. This, and by this he means the DeSantis announcement on Twitter, this is a nail in the coffin of the mainstream media. DeSantis is wise. He's breaking away from the traditional model, which will allow his ideas to be heard and not manipulated. Having a long-form conversation with Elon Musk for the world to hear as he announces his 2024 run may turn out to be a masterstroke because voters will get a transparent look at what he has to say, not the highly filtered version that media outlets want you to see. Of course, he will still have to play ball with legacy media during his campaign, but it is a big moment in time. End of quote. What, what do you think about that? I, th- I think there's something to this. And I, I think this may be the reason why he's chosen to do it this way. 888-914-9149. And maybe also, he knows he's going to have to go up, go up against Trump. And he knows that Trump is a big, was a big Twitter user, and he's going to come back to the platform at some point. Announcing on Twitter is, is kind of a shot across the bow, really, in some ways. So, again, Stephen Mark Ryan here, he says, quote, Some predictable outcomes. Number one, legacy media will shriek Endlessly. About both DeSantis and Musk, as they know, this is another nail in the coffin. And I, I just to interject here: I did in that piece that I was quoting from in the New York Times earlier. They they said the unstable Elon Musk. There's always these shots that are taken at him, um, the somewhat unpredictable and, and, and controversial leader of Twitter. Stuff like that. You, you see these kind of, kind of shade being thrown all the time. It goes on to say this: expect relentless attacks, slander, and hit pieces attacking both men. Trump will also attack both men relentlessly. This will serve as a model to others running for office in the future. That is going on in a place like Twitter. This will also expose candidates who are scared, often rightly so, of actual discussion on a neutral platform that won't cover for them. If they are not willing to have a similarly transparent discussion on Twitter, they have things to hide and or are a bad actor and or know that they will be exposed as clueless slash incompetent if they are not being thrown softball questions by a highly biased network. Big moment. Big moment. Imagine a future in which candidates, including those running against one another, engage in long-form live conversations on Twitter for the world to hear Instead of on extremely biased propaganda outlets in the mainstream media. End of quote. I think that's a, that's an articulate take uh, by Stephen Mark Ryan about why DeSantis might be doing this. And I think I think other other politicians are going to be watching this, saying, "Hey, is this experiment going to work? Maybe I should do this." And and this is also the brilliance of Elon Musk. I think as well. I think I think he was really smart to buy Twitter. I know he's been criticized for this endlessly, but. And I, I, I can't wait to see what he does with this. He, he's talked about turning it into what he calls X, the everything app, where you can do all kinds of things on there. And, and by the way, we've already seen with, with Tucker Carlson, who no matter what you think of Tucker Carlson, and I, I'm, gonna, I, I'm not trying again, I'm not playing sides here. I'm, I'm being Switzerland, or at least I'm being Canada here. <laughs> um, Tucker Carlson, when he, when, he, when he was ousted by Fox, that was a shock. Um, when Don Lemon was ousted by CNN. That was a shock, too, on, on, on the more liberal side of things, for sure. But Tucker Carlson is going to be broadcasting on Twitter at some point. And he already had this initial video. I don't know if you saw this, but he had this initial little video clip where he went on Twitter and said, Hey, I'll be back. I'm going to talk about stuff. And I'm going to do it on Twitter. That video, I saw it like a few hours after he posted it, and it already had 24 million views in just a few hours. Now, I don't know how much it has now. Maybe some of you guys can tell me. 888-914-9149. That's a toll-free line to talk to me on The Kale Clark Show. 888 914 So 20, okay, after a few hours, I don't know how many hours it was, 12 hours, 20 hours, whatever. 24 million views of his little video clip. Now, that night on CNN, the average primetime audience was like 430,000 people in all of the United States. That's it. That's it. So that th- this should have really mainstream legacy media kind of shaking in their boots. Because, my, my goodness, you don't have to be on one of the networks to command a massive audience. And I, I just think it's a game-changer. I, I think it's so fascinating. And um, I think this is one of the reasons why musk wanted wanted this platform to kind of change the conversation a little bit um because we know that that there are agendas there are advertisers there are forces out there and there are honest journalists out there as well for sure but but we've seen this especially now there's a lot of media i saw something from from canada the other day Uh, one of the news directors from one of the major networks in canada has come out and said we were told what we could say and not say about covid and lockdowns and things like that and as a journalist I, i just couldn't live with it anymore. So, we'll see. We'll see if this changes uh, what people want to do. Are they going to try to have these unfiltered debates on Twitter? It feels like it's kind of as 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 one of the commentators said to this this Twitter post. It feels like open sourcing politics. It feels like open sourcing. Hey, let's get this thing out in the open, and without without being to- telling people what they should think. Just put it out there. It feels right. Does it feel right to you? Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine let's go to the phones right now let's go to kathy in southern california hi kathy
3: hi i am so glad you're talking about this i think you're absolutely right i think it's time to be able to let the people decide based on real facts and real positions which we can't rely on our traditional media to be able to give to us Mm. they are definitely compromised it's no longer news it's it's not even editorial it's advertorial So it's just a whole other animal. Um, And I don't know who I'm going to vote for. I know who I'm not going to vote for. But I do hope that as they go through this uh, primary process, they don't shred each other. I mean, Trump has done that so much in the past, as has everybody else. He's not the only one, but he just has the loudest, biggest voice. And so I think they need to stop doing that. I think it hurts them in the general election. It makes them all look like bozos. I mean, I just, it makes them look like nobody should hold office because they're all idiots. And I think that we do that to ourselves. And um, I think the party in power has the advantage there because they all literally have to bow to the king. And they don't mm. really have a choice. So I think in our in our primary election, the best way we can take back, you know, a moral society would be to um, treat each other like people and show people mm. that we have some real ideas. And I think that would go a long way.
1: Yeah, civility would be would be nice, wouldn't it? Thank you, Kathy, for that call. Appreciate you listening. 888-914-9149. You know, I've often said that you know, Relevant Radio's head offices, of course, are in the Chicago, Illinois area, the Chicagoland area. Someone else from Illinois, pretty famous politician, Abraham Lincoln. I don't even know if Abraham Lincoln would be electable today in, in this climate. I, I just I don't I don't know. And certainly he he lost a lot of elections before he finally broke through. Man, it's just incredible. A story of perseverance, but honest Abe could honest Abe be electable today in the social media world, in the soundbite world, and, and like you talked about the insults that fly back and forth, and the schoolyard bullying type of name calling. <laughs> it, it, I guess at some level, obviously, it works, right? You paint somebody with a label. Um, and by the way, producer Jim, do you, do you know what uh, what what is Trump uh, Donald Trump calling Ron DeSantis? What's his name? I can't remember his name for for him, but. He's got a name for everybody. but I haven't listened to him in a while, so I can't okay. imagine what I would be calling him. But yeah, there's just this lack of, uh, of civility and just sometimes decency in the proceedings. That's for, that's for sure. And uh, you're listening to The Cale Clark Show, 888 9149 Let's go to Catherine in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Hi, Catherine.
0: Thanks for taking my call. I'll be as short as I can. Um, sure. My father was in Korea when he was a teenager, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and uh, I I think the, mil- the the military and, you know, taking your orders from headquarters, you know, um, is a model that I know, um, but, you know, I think the morals of somebody is very important. I'm, I'm a cradle Catholic, but I, mm. I um, you know, I visited some churches and was a part of things, just for the fact that I wanted to know more about Jesus and, you know, yeah. but it was a complete disappointment and the people that I knew, the, the people that I, you know, I knew a, a, a few people, uh, they completely disappointed me. I ended mm. up in, in a hospital because my mind was so scattered that I, I was scared, you know, all this other stuff, you know. God is pure, you know, and Christ is pure, and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, and Blessed Mother. So that's just where I come from.
1: Uh, I, I appreciate that call, Catherine. Thank you so much. And, and you mentioned your father serving in Korea. If you didn't catch yesterday's program, if you're listening today, if you didn't catch it, we, we kind of did a little bit earlier than we normally do, but I always do a salute to service for Memorial Day on the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. It's really important to me. To honor those who have fallen, and we had Tom Hoops on yesterday to talk about Father Emil Capon, the incredible story of this wartime priest, prisoner of war as well, who died in a POW camp in North Korea. The compelling, I mean, this is this is something that could be made into a movie. The story of not only his life, which is dramatic in and of itself, and how he saved so many, not only spiritually, but even physically on the battlefield, and how his remains were brought back uh, to the continental United States, it's it, it's so powerful. I, I mean, there are a couple times when even Tom and I were breaking up. I mean, just talking about this and we audio from Father Emil his last known sermon. We were able to track that down. So if you missed that show, it's in the archives. It will also be uh, uh, playing it on Memorial Day as well. If you didn't catch it, but go to relevantradio.com, the Relevant Radio app, and what you said made me made me think of that uh, the service of of your dad. But you also mentioned that that the morals of people are. Important personal, and, and that 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 is intriguing too. Because Ross Douthat uh, in the New York Times, uh, he also had today an op ed, and uh, he he is a Catholic Ross Douthat, and he's written a lot about religion in American life. and And this is what what he said in, in his piece, and it was, and it was really about uh, the choice that people made in 2016. Here, here's what he said. I'm just going to read you a couple paragraphs from Ross Douthat, and maybe just throw it to you guys to comment on this. Triple eight nine one four. 9149 he said quote, when religious conservatism made its peace with donald trump in 2016 the fundamental calculation was that the benefits of political power or alternatively of keeping cultural liberalism out of full political power outweighed the cost to christian credibility inherent in accepting a heathen figure as a political champion and leader. End of quote. This so this is Ross Douthat talking. This is not me. You can message Ross, but but that's that's what he basically said. That, that American Christianity um, made a decision um, where okay, this is, this is kind of a no win situation. But um, Donald Trump has personal issues. Maybe does some things that maybe we're not comfortable with from a moral perspective. But what's the alternative? And they made the calculation according to Douthat that. Having him is better than the alternative, and you could argue that obviously, with Supreme Court justices being uh, installed, the overturning of Roe, that it was worth it. So that was the calculation that was made by a lot of Christian voters, evangelicals and Catholics, for sure. So he goes on to say this: "This is Ross Douthat from the New York Times quote, the contrary calculation. This is this is the other side made by the Christian wing of Never Trump.'" Was that accepting Trump required moral compromises that American Christianity would ultimately suffer for, whatever Supreme Court seats or policy victories religious conservatives might gain? End of quote. So I think I think he kind of nails the the situation from a Christian perspective. There were Christians who said never Trump, and there were Christians who said it's worth it to vote for him because it's gonna it's gonna be a game changer. And so what I I don't know. It's it's an interesting thought, and and so that's my question with all these other guys entering the race now. And again, we don't know who's going to get the nomination, but but would your voting be changed if DeSantis got it, or or, or Trump got it, or Nikki Haley got it, or Tim Scott? Who, who, Mike Pence, who's a, who's a man of faith, former VP of the United States, he's throwing his hat in the ring. 888 9149 Love to hear from you on the Cale Clark Show. All right. Let's go to Catherine. No, we we had Catherine already. Um, Catherine is just on. So, Michael in Atlanta, Georgia, you are on the program. Hi, Michael.
4: Hi, Mike. Hey, it's Michael. Hey, Michael. Can you hear me? Okay.
1: Yep. Yep. You're on. You're on the air. Go for it.
4: Okay. I wanted to talk about Tucker Carlson and Fox. Um, twenty four million views is not twenty four million people. Um, you know, multiple people watch it twice or mo- multiple times, and there are probably bots out there cranking up
1: numbers. Fair point.
4: And I want to i want to preface this. I was—I used to be a conservative. I voted for Bush one. I voted for Bush two. I voted for McCain. Um, but I did not vote for Trump. Uh, I'm no longer a Republican. I can't trust the Republican Party. I just feel Tucker Carlson was um pre- Premiered and on Russian TV all the time. I don't know if you guys know that, but he was speaking Putin's words, and so they put him on Russian TV. So I just don't know how Republicans can support Tucker Carlson and his Putin stance. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's
1: sad. For me. Yeah, Michael, I just got to jump in. That's a, that's a question I, I can't answer because I'm just, I'm just not familiar with it. Because I, I mean, obviously I know who Tucker Carlson is, but. But I don't, I don't make a habit of watching his program. And I, yeah, there, there was, and quite frankly, I just haven't read enough about it, about statements that he made about that, whether he was in alignment with Russian goals on, on Ukraine or whatever the case may be. That's just beyond my, my understanding at this point. So I can't, I can't comment on that just because I, I try not to talk about things I don't know anything about. And, uh, I, I try. I try really hard because um, I think that's a recipe for, di- for disaster in, in a lot of ways. So I, I, I must admit, I, I am I am ignorant of most of the discussion surrounding that. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149 is the number to call. I'll tell you what we're going to do right now. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with much, much more. i got some cool stories for you, Triple eight nine one four 9149 you're not going to want to miss it you can also listen on the relevant radio app any of our almost 200 stations 888-914-9149 be right back faith facts
0: and fun it's the kale clark show on relevant radio
1: hey welcome back to the program 888-914-9149 is the number to call Hey, we were talking during this hour about how Ron DeSantis, also during this hour, and of course you're not listening to that, you're listening to The Kale Clark Show, 888 9149 DeSantis is announcing right now, Florida governor, that he's entering the 2024 presidential race, and he's doing it in a rather unique way. He's doing it on Twitter. He's bypassing the mainstream media. He's, he's doing an end run around them, if you will. A kind of a tight end sweep, maybe. But having said that, uh, he's in conversation with Elon Musk, and he's going to announce it that way. And he can say whatever he wants, unfiltered. And I think Elon Musk is brilliant, like I said, to buy Twitter, to get that platform. And he's going to try to make it as open and, and really values free speech as, as much as he possibly can. Uh, is he going to do a perfect job? Well, nobody does a perfect job at it. And that, that, that kind of got me thinking as well. And I, I mentioned I would, I would try to share this if we, if we had time. Father Rocky. By the Rocky Hoffman, the CEO of Relevant Radio, also a brilliant guy, and I got to confess, he's—he, well, it's easy for him to outsmart me. That's not too difficult. But I, we, we have a number of radio stations, of course, all across the United States, about two hundred stations. And some people might say, and I've even had this thought: Why isn't AM radio legacy media? Isn't isn't, aren't we going digital? Haven't we passed by this age of industrial media? Why AM radio? But, but Father always, always has the answer, and, and, I, and I love this. And what happened yesterday? Really intriguing. And this kind of affects me personally too. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. There's been a lot of chatter about how in EVs, electric vehicles that are being made, whether they're Teslas or by other companies, they're not going to have AM radios. So well, that's not necessarily good news for us on Relevant Radio. We have a number of FM stations, but also AM uh, is definitely the majority. But yesterday, the Ford Motor Company announced. It's going to reverse, and Father Father Rocky told us about this uh, in an email, that Ford Motor Company is reversing its decision to eliminate AM radio in new cars. It's going to keep AM radio, because people think in the auto industry, oh, everyone's just listening to podcasts right now anyways, What what's the point? Maybe FM radio, but we, we certainly don't need AM. And there might even be some technical issues with having AM radio in an EV, I don't know, interference, that sort of thing. But... Ford is not only going to keep AM radio in all of their cars. Technically speaking, they don't really make cars anymore. They make just trucks and SUVs, and the, the e-Mustang is probably their only car. But they're going to enable even their electric vehicles to receive AM radio signals. And there's been a bipartisan effort, uh, Father told us about this, in Washington, D.C., and a lot of people in the radio industry, too. They made car manufacturers aware of, hey, there are actual public safety concerns. If there's no free AM radio, as Father was telling us, what happens? That, that is the de facto emergency broadcast system. If there's a natural disaster, if there's a, some sort of a terrorist act and, and the system goes down, there's a nuclear disaster, AM radio is still going to work. So a number of people involved with relevant radio were adding their voices to the conversation. Uh, Preston Alex was on the Drew Mariani show last week. That probably got the phones ringing. Father's like, there's no question that made a difference. Uh, Bob Atwell, one of our board members, talked to representatives in Congress. great Mike Kendall, uh, obviously a a great part of the relevant radio family. Uh, He was networking uh, in in the radio industry. And in the Senate and the House, Father says, hopefully we'll still pass the AM radio in every vehicle act very, very soon. Hopefully the president will sign it into law. But here's, here's, the, here's the other thing, and this is where it kind of parallels with what's going on today with DeSantis, Musk, and Twitter. Uh, Father said this, Father Rocky, AM radio is one of the last bastions of free speech in America, where news and information and talk can reach your attention without being manipulated by an algorithm. That's really important because on social media, what you see on your feed, especially in a place like Facebook, that's determined by the algorithm. That's what they want you to see. And very often they want to manipulate what you see to manipulate what you think. And so that, that's certainly the case, not the case on AM radio. It's also much less expensive than FM. And people have access, free access to AM radio, wherever they may be, in their cars with actual radios. And so many groups in America, and immigrant groups especially, have communities on radio uh, there's obviously Catholic radio, there's other faith-based radio, and it's, it's really important. It's really important. And Father always says, Our Lady of the Airwaves, pray for us. We depend on this network for the, the opportunity to be able to share the good news about Jesus Christ through the media. And, and radio is a big part of it. It still is. And, and I was heartened to, to learn how many young people, the stats are clear, young people are not abandoning radio. Not, certainly not, not very quickly. And uh, the the numbers are still really strong. Are people listening to podcasts? Yeah, you better believe it. They certainly are. But they are also listening to Relevant Radio. It's got a future. Radio has a future in general. And we'll be there. We'll be there. And um, and that's a that's a really great thought by Father Rocky. So brilliant, brilliant stuff. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Scale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. All right, let's go to the phones right now. Mark is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hi, Mark. Well, hi there. Good to have you on. Okay. Well, thanks.
2: Yeah. I, I, uh, basic, my view is, and I'm a, um, a Democrat, lifelong Democrat. Okay. Mm-hmm. If it's Biden versus Trump versus DeSantis, I'm going to hit the DeSantis button with a hammer. Cause okay. the big thing we heard in the last, in the last election was Biden was going to bring us together. Can Biden do that now? No. Can Trump do that now? No. But I think if DeSantis his cards right and says, you know what, if I'm president, and I represent the co- country, not just Florida. I think he can at least has an opening to um, open-minded people to, uh, to support him who don't like what's happening in Florida.
1: So you think, you think that he's a better chance of, of uniting the country potentially than, than any of the other right. candidates? Well, it, it's just to say here,
2: if, if, If you wanted to add a fourth choice or a fifth choice, I mean, I can go into some of the discussion, but I think if the issue here was Trump versus DeSantis, I would certainly pick DeSantis because he's younger, he's more capable, he can run a state, he got bipartisan support down there. I mean, what more is there to ask for? (laughs) And if he's (laughs) pro-life, then I think that it will help a lot of people. I'm actually pro-choice myself but I understand the moral aspect of this that, that the Church and other say.
1: Yeah, and you know what, Mark, I appreciate your call, because one of the great things about Relevant Radio is that is that so many people are listening to Relevant Radio who, who are not Catholic, uh, who, who, as you just said, who you've, you've said in the past, I've voted Democrat. I, I'm not even uh, pro-life in my views at this point, and I, I so appreciate the fact that pe- a cross-section of people from all kinds of backgrounds are willing to to give us a listen and, and join the conversation, so I appreciate that. And obviously, I I, I hope that you continue to kind of check out uh, the church's position on the life issue. And I, I'm sure you have read about it, and I'm sure that you will continue. And it's not necessarily the church's position. This is this is a uh, n- to do with natural law as well. And and so, but I, I so appreciate the call, Mark. God bless you, and uh, thanks for calling in on Relevant Radio. That's Mark from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I I think it's really interesting to hear from from different perspectives and and have this conversation kind of in the public square here on the Kale Clark show, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine, 914 9149 because it's, it's very like we were talking about earlier. It's very rare to have it's people don't know how to disagree without being disagreeable. People, people know how to argue. They don't, they don't know how to have an argument without arguing. Maybe that's a better way to put it. And, Uh, Most debates generate most conversations, especially when it comes to politics of religion. Yeah, they do get heated, for sure, because these issues matter. They really do matter because they have to do with truth. Religion's about loving God. Politics about loving neighbor. And people are passionate, as they should be, about the best way to go about doing that uh, for the common good and and in service of the truth. That's, That's what it's all about. And a lot of people don't know how to argue without being argumentative or to make it personal or to create straw man arguments and... Um, things like that. So it's civil debate is something that's much lacking uh, in American life, and I would say in some ways it's like the divided states of America because it, people are so entrenched and dug in. It's hard to get anything done. It's hard to get bi- bipartisan work done. It's hard for people to reach across the aisle and, and work together because people are so so dug in. And I think social media has exacerbated that. Has just you know, when you when you're walking around, yeah, there's there's problems in, in the cities. There's problems in society. There, there is evil out there in, in people's hearts, but but generally speaking, I think I, I do think that social media tends to amplify and magnify the worst aspects of of life in America and not always share the good side. I think people are generally more attuned to bad news. that's what media is generally all about. Most media is all about the bad news and, and we want to be about the good news of the gospel uh, here, especially on. Relevant Radio, you're listening to the Kale Clark Show, 888 9149 Let's go to Sam, our good friend Sam, who used to be in Athens and now is in Coolidge, Georgia, in a, in a new home. Welcome back, Sam. I haven't heard from you in a while. Thanks, Kale. How are you doing? Good, Congra- and congratulations on your home.
5: Thank you, thank you. I'm loving it. But I uh, had a comment on AM versus FM. Okay. Amplitude modulation is very superior in sound quality to frequency modulation, and the only reason that they want to get rid of AM is to silence the conservative radios.
1: Yeah, okay. So, so okay. Well, I, the technical aspects are, are beyond my my ken, beyond my understanding. That, that's that's for sure. But. So so you think that the only reason someone would want to get rid of AM is to try to silence conservative voices in America?
5: Yes, I think so, because AM has such a higher quality of sound, and the frequencies that use AM on the broadcast band are like, Fifty thousand watt clear channels on some like WLS, WGN, hmm. WSB. Okay.
1: Well, that's 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 intriguing, Sam. And I'll tell you what: as, as long as you can pull in relevant radio, uh, hopefully that's that's all you need. That's who who we we don't need any other stations. Don't want to get of course. Uh, listen to whatever you want, but we hope that you'll choose relevant radio. And producer Jim. Had to get a new car, um, and uh, he he told me. Well, you can tell the story, Jim. The first thing you did when you were t- test driving cars was what? I wanted
2: to tune in to 9.50 a.m., wanted to make sure that relevant radio came in loud and clear on my new
1: vehicle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, on and the a.m. dial. And you pre-programmed it in there and left it locked right. for the next uh, test driver. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the two frequencies we have in the Chicago area, 9.30 a.m. and 9.50 a.m., In Chicagoland, Ditka, Polish Relevant Radio. It's all you need to know if you're in Chicagoland. Uh, So we thank everybody listening on 950 a.m., 930 a.m. In your test-drivable car, uh, at home, on the Relevant Radio app. And We we, we certainly embrace digital technologies as well here at Relevant Radio, and we want you to listen wherever. We want to reach people however we can, wherever we can, whenever we can, 24-7-365. It's so important to do that. And I want to just to highlight, too, that uh, tomorrow, tomorrow on the Faith Explained program, it'll be the last episode in our series, The Biblical Roots of the Papacy. You're not going to want to miss this. We've had a lot of fun talking about what the Bible itself says about Peter, Pope Peter, I guess we could call him, the first pope. Uh, a lot of people say, hey, you you, you, you Catholics uh, don't, have, don't have it right. There's nowhere in the New Testament that says that Peter is the pope the leader of the apostolic band uh, he's not that important he's just another guy and in fact we're going to talk about one of the passages that is often used against Catholics it's from one of the letters of Peter the first letter of Peter in fact where he says hey I am a brother with you a brother bishop with you a brother priest with you and they'll say ah, ha! ha. He, he's, he's just just like one of his brothers he's not above them in any way well of course he is one of them But uh, here's a great example. As one writer says, when the president, speaking of presidents, when they address the nation, they don't say, I am the supreme leader, I am the most powerful person in the free world. They say, my fellow Americans. You can still be the leader and be a brother to your fellow Catholic Christians and brother bishops. But of course, the bishop of Rome is uh, the leader, is the successor Peter of the other bishops of the world. I think there's a lot of great evidence for that in the Bible. There's also a great historical case too, but we didn't have time for that. We're only talking about what the Bible says, but check out uh, that show tomorrow, 1230 Central. I'm looking forward to uh, having you with me for that. But, and also, by the way, I'll answer a really interesting question. Can lay people be cardinals? It's a great mailbag question from Ben in Vegas. Don't miss it tomorrow, 1230 Central on The Faith Explain. I'll be back, of course, tomorrow, 5 p.m. Central on the K.O. Clark Show, live with you. Thanks for joining me today. Jim Shaper produced Young Thomas, took your phone calls. Take it away, Michaela.
0: Thank you for listening to my daddy.